0: Okay, we're learning ches, and we're starting right from the uh, bottom of Zion and base. So we're talk- discussing Sheva Brachos. So we ended off at the point that Sheva Brachos, the Brachos, Sheva Brachos is all week, but Rabbi Yehuda qualified that's only if there are Panam Chadashehs, new faces who weren't necessarily present at the meal. So now the Gemara gets into the discussion of what exactly the Nusach, the text of the shabbat Brachos are. So the it says, Maimavarch, what is the text? Amar of Yehuda. Yehuda, says, Baruch Hashem, al Hashem created everything for his own glory. So what is the pshat in this bracha? What is it doing here? So the Bishonim explained to us that this really is not from the Seder of the Shavar Brachos. It's not directly related to the couple at all. But it is that it's directed towards the crowd. And what we're noticing, and this is a key element of a simcha, a wedding and then an the ensuing week of Shavar brachas that people come to support the couple. So you're really making a bracha on the fact that there are different types of people. Hashem created crowds, Hashem created community, different types of people. That's what the central bracha of shah HaKol Baral Then you have a second bracha, Yitzher HaAdam, which is Baracha Tashem Kinma HaChodom Yitzher HaAdam. Here as well, it has nothing to do with the couple. The Rishonim explained that it's really just an introduction. And we're going to learn more about the sense of this introduction coming up. But basically what it is, is that we're going to talk about how a person was first created and then from him, then there was also a woman who was created. We'll see it was a separate Yitziro was created separately, we're going to talk about. So as an introduction to get to a couple, which means that there's a man and a woman, we first discuss how the origins of that, how it first came to be. So that's why we have a second bracha of Yotzer Adam, Just to give a little bit of an explanation here to an important point. Normally, some brachas start with Barachata Hashem. Um, and, and some don't, you ever notice that? So these, whatever, the rule is, whenever you have a series of brachos, so the first one will start with Barach HaTah then usually the other ones will f- use the same Barach hatav. You don't need to c- continue with that. Like, you know, it's like, you know, when you say Barach Haver Rabba, doesn't start with the second one. Why? Well, because it's continuing, it's piggybacking on the same Barach but it has to be a series; it has to be a flow. If I randomly juxtapose two brachas together, that's not called brachas That's not called a series. So this is a good example of that. Both the first and the second bracha have their own bracha to Hashem because there's no connection between the fact that you're giving a bracha on the crowd, which is really general. Technically, you could have even done that before you even started the shavuot brachas. And this bracha of Yotzar Adam, which is a general introductory remark before we get to the couple. And now, when you go to the third bracha as well, when you're finally going to get to the fact, getting more towards the couple, you're going to have to have another Baruch because the, the, the second Baruch was introductory. It really wasn't part of discussion of the couple. So the third Baruch HaTzah Hashem made man in his image whatever exactly that means. He prepared for himself a building forever, for eternity. And what that is, that refers to Chava. That Hashem made from himself a building of eternity. That means that Chava was created from Adam's body and she is like a building for eternity means that there's going to be a, the female forever. Uh, and if you notice that there are certain brachos which finish with brachata uh, Hashem, even though they also started, that's whenever there's a complex in the bracha, whenever there, there's different points that the bracha made. So in this one, it wasn't just one statement, it was a few phrases that were strung together, so there's a brachata Hashem at the end. Now, the fourth bracha doesn't start with brachata Hashem, it just launches, launches in. So that the one who is barren will eventually rejoice um, and be happy when when their children come in her in, in, in happiness. So it's interesting, we turn to Jerusalem. The barren one here is a, is a, it's a, it's a mashah for, for Jerusalem and the joy will eventually come. What does it have to do with this? Because the joy of Jerusalem is always likened to the chasan and the kala. So therefore, it's always given to us as a way of like depicting what the glory is. Well, we look at the, the glory and the happiness of and Kala through the way that it relates to the future to the of Simcha in Yerushalayim. A further point, Rashi says, is that it's always important to mention Yerushalayim at the wedding because we don't want to forget our pain at the time of our happiest joy. So that's the, always, you know, the Jew, in Judaism, is very important. Joy and grief often coincide. And we see this here in the blessing itself. That's the fourth blessing. So it's really for Jerusalem. And then the fifth bracha, which, it doesn't, again, doesn't have its own Baruch HaTah Hashem because it's continuing on the piggybacking of the Baruch HaTah Hashem. So the fifth one is Sameach, the Sameach Re'im HaAovim, that we're blessing the couple here, that they should be very happy. The Re'im here means a couple. usually means like friendship here. It's like more like a couple. Just as, you know, Adam and Chava, when they were together in, in Ganeidim, they had tremendous Simcha. There was like whatever, that blissful state that they were in. So we want, we want the couple to have that as well. Baruch Hashem is Sameach HaTson V'Chala. So that's a general paracha there for the, for the couple. And then the last bracha. it's interesting, it starts with paracha ta'ashem al So you would think it shouldn't because it's just piggybacking on the one that was before. But Rashi explains that the last paracha can be said by itself. The other brachas you only say if they're in there all together, like if there's a panam chadashah. if you ever show up at a shah barakah, fun fact, and there's no panam chadashah, so then you're, only, you're not going to cite the other brachas, but you will recite this next one, the last one. So it's really its own individual thing. It's not part of the series. So therefore it starts paracha ta'ashem al And then we launch into all the beautiful things, the creation of happiness and the way that it relates to the future of Jerusalem. All the different expressions of love for one another. And then we continue that towards Jerusalem. God should speedily make it heard in the city of Jerusalem. Rashi just notes there's an interesting difference. Before, we were blessing the couple, but we said, bless the, the groom and the bride. The last bracha is, to bless the groom together with the bride. And Rashi notes that the difference is that there, the first time we said it, we were blessing them as individually. In other words, individually, they should each thrive in the relationship. And then the last point is that we're blessing them within the way that they join together and that they should thrive together as a couple. And that's essentially two different points, but very important to have both of those components in the marriage. And then what's interesting is that the Gemara doesn't note that the Burya Pirah right? We always call it Sheva Brachos, seven Brachos, but the truth is it's really only six. The seventh Bracha, the Burya Pirah is the seventh one. So what's interesting about it is that uh, it's not, you know, it needs to be said. It's, it's not really its own special thing. Sometimes you'll see that the a minute get a wedding when you say the Burya Pirah first is that somebody will be called up for the first two Brachos, you know? That's not, it's not a halacha that has to be that way, but it's, it's a little bit sensitive. It's like somebody gets the Bury prayer that's like, you know, that's the weak one. It was interesting, the post came note that the Shavar at the chuppah, we put the bari piyagaf in first. At the benching, when we do it at, uh, at, at the meal, we put it last. The post came explain we don't want it to be like neglected. You know, It's like you, 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 you kind of want to bring it together with the benching. When you're doing it at the chuppah without the benching, you should just start off with it. And really, essentially, you should start off with it. That's usually the way you would expect. But at the benching, we do it different because you kind of want to put the Shavar with the benching and you show that. So what, the one who led benching is then at the end, he'll, he'll, he'll say bari piyagaf um, for what he started. So now the Gemara tells us that there were different practices. <laughs> Levi went to the house of Rebbe during the wedding of Rebbe's son, Rebbe Shimon. So Rabbi had a son, Rebbe Shimon, and Levi was visiting. Baruch Hamish, Levi only said five of these six blessings. Again, we're referring to them as the series of six. So he, he left out one. Which one did he leave out? So contextually, we'll, we, we, will, we will be able to tell that he left out the second one. He didn't recite Yotzer Ha'adam, that introductory bracha that God recited, created man alone. He left that one out. he did all six. So basically, there's a dispute. There's a dispute in practice whether or not there should be a blessing of Yotzer Ha'adam. So what's the machlokas? So let's say that they disagree about the following sentence. The following matter. Levi holds, there was only one time, there was one creation of man. So in other words, what that means is that man and, 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 and Chava were created as a double figure. And the Gemar and Avon has such an opinion that originally what just happened is that God created this one single entity of a person, where Adam and Chava were just back to back, two different sides, and then eventually they were split. So you don't need to have two separate blessings, because the next bracha is going to refer to the creation of man and Chava, right? It's going to talk about how Hashem created the Tzelim, the Musab, Niso, Ve'Hizken, Lom, and Menuh, how God also made Chava. So if you're going to have that bracha, so why do I need a first bracha that God created man? There's no God created man and also God created Adam and Chava. There was just simply one creation of Adam and Chava together. So therefore, according to him, that opinion, he left out the second bracha. Umar Savai, the one who holds that it should be there, he holds that Yitzir There were two different creations, meaning originally Adam was created alone, and then there was a separate creation of Chava afterwards. So, according to him, that's why it makes sense to have an introductory brach of Yotzara Adam before we relate to the brach of the creation of Chava. So, let's say that that's shot. So, the Gemara says, Lo, it's not necessarily Mulchach. Everybody could agree that there was only one actual creation. So what if there's only one creation, why should I need a different, a different, uh, two different brachos? So the pshat is, you have to know one thing from the Gemara Nehravan. The Gemara Nehravan tells us that initially the plan of God was to create a male and female um, at the same time. But what happened was, he was going to create separate entities, just simultaneously he would create a male and a female separately. But when he actually came to did it to do it, he created them as a double figure. So the original thought of God was to make two separate creations independently, man and woman. But in the reality, when he went to do it, he decided to actually just go ahead and make them as a double figure. So you know, we go after the plan. We go after the original plan, which was to make them separately. So therefore, since they're separate at creation, so therefore there were two different things here, right? We have the original plan and then we have the reality. So the original yotzer adam is after the plan of God. The other ones we go after, just the, the way it happened. The reality was that there was one ent- entity that was both a male and female. So there's therefore only one creation. And the Gemara brings out this point from the Pesokan. Yudha brought a contradiction in the So it sounds like basically there's an individual, right? Man is created in the singular. God creates man in his image. So it sounds like male and female um, we're, we're, were different. Uxiv, um, but then it says it was done in the plural As if there's both a male and a female So like Basically the question that we, that we have Is that when God did create Adam Was it just Adam Or was it part of A creation of a male and a female So which one is it? is it Adam alone or is it not The answer is Originally the plan was To make two separate human beings But in the end There was only one being that was created The male and the female um, Combination So Obviously, it's a very difficult gemara, very difficult concept that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a thought to do something and then he, there's a switch in terms of the reality. Just to understand a little bit what that means. There's a concept where HaKadosh Baruch Hu instills in the Bria a concept of what is ideal and then a concept of, re- of reality. And, and, and just because reality is in a certain way, but well, we still delve into HaKadosh Baruch Hu instills in the Bria that the ideal remains an ideal, which is obviously a difficult concept because, you know, what's the point of an ideal that I can't achieve? But, but there seems to be many of those things. And basically, what it is is that 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 ashem Hashem theoretically wanted there to be a, a very separate sense of separate uh, separate sense of man and female where they weren't as dependent on each other as we see the reality of the world being, meaning the dependency of of one human being and his spouse on the other is the reality and the way that God created it, and that's manifesting man and female being created as one union, but in the ideal that wasn't the way it was meant to be, so kind of like the way you see it and the way everything that we live in in the world and the way that we see the nature of relationships, it's, it's, it's the way it is, But HaKadosh Baruch would still instill that there, there is a concept of an ideal of a person existing completely as their own individual. All right. Says so the Gemara. We learn a little more. Ravashi Ashi Ikla the Beir Afghana. went to the house of Afghana for a wedding. On the first year of Ashi, from then and on, it depended. If there were new people, then you recited all of them. But if, if there weren't, so you're just extending the previous Simcha, meaning there's no new increase, there's no new point. So if there's no increase, then so then you just say, so just for a second, what's Simcha, b'mono? we haven't really discussed that yet. Simcha is that when you... Um, when you start Perchas Amazon, normally you just say, Rebbe Sainabarech, whatever, right that exchange, and then you launch into pension. But if you're at a Sheva Barachos or at a wedding, so there's a special introductory remark of Shah where we thank God for the Simcha that's present. So you do that regardless of whether you have a ponam chadashos at the Sheva You say a Simcha of the Asher Bara and the last of the Barachos of Asher Bara. So bottom line is, is that you're really going to have an hour... In our terminology of Sheva brachas, where we call it seven, because we have one of them is the Bari Priyagofen, so you're always going to have the Bari Priyagofen and you're always going to have the Asher Bara. It's only the other brachas which depend on the, on the uh, Panam Chadashahs. Just to speak out a point, you know, I think, I'm not saying it's bad, I don't think at any point, but there's absolutely no need uh, to, to have a, uh, a Panam Chadashahs. It's not, as you see in the Gemara, like, it, it, it's not an imperative, like if somebody's trying to make a party, like, I guess, like, oh, it looks weird to make a Sheva brachas and we didn't recite Sheva brachas. As you see in the Gemara, it's not, it's not, it's not fundamentally, There's nothing fundamentally wrong with that. And if there aren't any Pana and then, then you just do what you do. It's not, it's not like, a, oh, a Bediyev, like you're wrong for doing such a thing. It's just, if there are Pana there's a newfound Simcha, then there is. If there's not, there's not. Then the Gemara continues, Mishib HaVach from the, after the week of seven until 30 days after the wedding. Let's say there's a meal that's made for the bride and groom, but it's after the week. So what's the law? Bein Amar lu whether or not the guest told. You know they were they were informed and it was it was like you know that was the invite that it was special for the for the wedding. Whether they didn't make it like inform everybody, that's what it's for. It just it ended up being a, a, a party for the for the new couple. So then, regardless, that introductory remark to the benching should be resigning. From after thirty days, if he told the guests that it's, it's, an, it's a, you know, it's still shanri shono, let's make a party for the couple. Then but If you didn't inform the guests that low, then you don't. We don't practice this. Um, we don't practice it this way. And most of it is because once we're in gallas, it's almost like a force to ever say, and therefore we, we limit usually our, in our practice only to Shabbat even if we are making a party for the couple. If he doesn't tell the guests that he's inviting them for the wedding, I'm sorry, if he does tell the guests, then until when? Like, how can this go? Let's say the couple's been married a few years, but still, like, you know, you make an anniversary party for them, then you say, So the Gemara says, no. Until 12 months. 12 months, that's still considered um, the joy. Then the Gemara probes further here. Before the wedding, how far before could I say it? Meaning... There's a concept of saying, as soon as the couple is ready to get married, even before they've gotten married. So when do I do that? From when do I do that? So when they throw the barley into the vat, meaning they're making beer for the wedding. So as soon as they put the, var- the barley to soak in the vat of water, so then that's, uh, that, 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 then that's good enough. So basically what we're saying is, when the preparations of the chava have begun, um, so as soon as the preparations have begun, we can assume, you know, that everything is going to be good. Again, we don't do this today. Today we only do it, you know, we have a long gallows. Today we only do this um, during Shem says the Gemara, Is this true? Papa, Isaac, rapapa himself once made a, a shidduch for his son, Abamar. Barak Meshach's airesin. He started making shasim chomonah from the time they did airesin. So the airesin is what? Like a year before the couple actually gets married. So that's considerable time before they're making the beer for the wedding. So we have a contradiction. Is it when I make the beer? Or is it when, they, when the couple has airesin? So the Gemara answers, rapapa, rapapa, zemida, Everything was already ready. Meaning to say that he was so rich, so all the needs of the chuppah on the wedding were already prepared. So therefore, for him it was from the but for most people it's only at a later point. It says the Gemara, Ravina is algalabri they Rab Chaviva. Ravina made a shidduch for his son with somebody from Rav Chaviva, from Chaviva's house, or Chaviva's daughter. Ubarekh mishas erusin. Ravina made that bracha shasimcha from the time that the couple was erusin, even though they hadn't begun the preparations. Amar so, he explained, I'm just positive that no one's going to back out of this wedding. So in other words, and usually the main reason people would back out were the financial burdens. And that was like the main thing, you know, like the tanan that are done customarily today at the wedding, customarily was done from the arison, like before in the times, like the idea was that there were a lot of contractual things in the financial obligation. So, but basically what he was saying is that shasim chabamono is made when, when you know the couple is going to get married. Arison, you're hoping they're going to get married. I, you know, not so clear. So it's, for me, I've got the means. So I'm totally confident that the couple is going to go through with this. So therefore I'm doing it. But Lomaisa, what happened? Lohistai, Milsa. It didn't work out. Vahadri They did go back on it. And they didn't give their daughter over as a bride, so Lamaisa was a wasted, Shasimcha B'monah. He once went to Bavl, and it was a Shavah Brachos, they gave him Baro Sheh's he made six long Brachos, meaning to say, is that he just extended on the text of the Brachos, meaning the first two Brachos we saw were very short, Shachobar al khodo Yotzer adam he he extended on the Nusach, we don't do that, right? we, we, don't, we don't do that, we don't want to do that, we don't extend, and again, the big nafkamina is, that, that's why there's no baruchat to Hashem at the end of the bracha. There's only baruchat the asham at the end of a bracha, which is complex, which has different words in it. Says the Gemara mm-hmm. once went to a uh bursmila, mahula a So at the end of the meal, they said do mm-hmm. right? So what did he say? He put that same baruch Hashem in the introductory remark to Benjamin. Why not? A bris is a happy occasion. Says the Gemara. No, he's wrong. But like is not like him. At a bris, we don't say it. There's a distraction from the happiness. Why? Because the baby's in pain. So therefore, therefore, since the baby's in pain at the bris, we don't say, Shasimcha fascinating concept. So the post-germalumach what about at a pitnyan ben At a ben the baby's not in pain. So it sounds like the and the simcha for the baby, for the bris, is mechaive, what about a pitnyan ben That's a dispute, whether or not we say, Shasimcha okay, continues. the We know we need a mini, right? We learned yesterday. Boaz gathered the ten men, and that, we said the purpose was for Sheva brachos. So that's minion. You need a minion for Shabbat So The Gemara says Amar and The Chasanim can count, meaning you don't. You need nine people plus the Chasan. They ain't and a minion. But when you need ten people um, for an Ovo, we'll see what. Why do you need ten people for an Ovo, What are we talking about? We'll, we'll define in a second. But when you need ten people for an Ovo, the Avelim don't count. You need ten people in addition. So it says, the Gemara may say, it says in a price, that actually the groom and the mourner can be part of making up a minion. So the Gemara says, You're asking a question on Rav from a Rav Tana Upalak. Rav is actually considered to be a Tana, and he can disagree. So very interesting. We learned a little history here. The concept how Rav was like the first generation of the Amoran, and he had a special power that he was considered as if he was a Tana himself. So asking a question on Rav from a from Tana is not compelling. Rav can just say I disagree. It's like a super a superhero power. You know most of the Amaran can't do that. But Rav Tannu Paul says the Gemara. Now we see an exchange about this. The hassan of our considered part of the Minyan. The Avilim are not part of the Minyan. Says the Gemara Mesechta. We have a Kasha hassan of Avilim in a Minyan that we do count them. Right, so that's kind of like the exchange we just saw, but it's coming out. So the Gemara explains top of the Amid Bais Kitanya when is that of Amazon. When you're talking about Birkos Amazon where if you have three people you can make a Zimun. And if you don't have three people, um, and you don't have three people you can't say a Zimun. So we're saying a mortar could be counted as part of that. And why is that? Because he's high in mitzvah, right? So why not? There's no reason why the mourner can't be included for a Zimun. When was Rabbi Yochanan saying that the mourner is not counted? Bishurah. He was talking about the row. So what is the row? The row is that we're talking about right after the Khura. So right after the burial, there's a row around it. It's like the initial comfort, nicham avilim that they do. So they everybody stands around him. And, 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 and or today we he passes between them. So the Kamar and says that the row has to have ten people. So right now, Rabbi Yochanan is saying. That the ten people that exist by the robe, a nichem that's done right after the burial, that needs a minion of, of, of a minion of comforters besides for the availem. The availem cannot be one of those ten. So we're not talking about him being part of the benching or whatever it is that he could do, but we're saying part of the minion that exists to comfort him, he cannot be counted. Says the Gemara Allah the Marvitz of Rabbi Yochan. On the Brachos, the Chasana Basara. are only decided if you have ten people. The Chasana Minimini the Chasun can count as one. Because I mean, the the mourner's blessing is only done in front of ten people. He makes a point of saying the Bracha of the Avil. but when the bracha is recited, the mourner is not there. Bracha Veshurim When you're comforting, is there a Bracha? In other words, we were all—all all that happens is that the people in the row tell the mourner you should be comforted, right? Hamakom in Acham That's not a Bracha. It sounds like what we're saying is that you need a minion for the aval is about the bracha of the aval. And the bracha of the aval is not recited at the time of the comfort. So it sounds like we got our shot wrong. So now what we need to do is figure out what the bracha of the avil is. First of all, we're not so familiar with that in our day and age because we actually don't observe the practice today. It's a fascinating thing. When you learn hechus avelas, there are a few dinim which simply change from an haggim. It's a, it's, a, it's a bizarre thing. And this is one of them. The birchas simply is not practiced today. We know we do the nicham, we do the Necham, even in the burial, or in the cemetery, we know we come back to the house. But the birchas is not, is not done. It's a different thing that we're going to learn about what it is today. But evidently, what Rabbi Yochanan is not talking about needing a minion for the roe. the roe's minion, you could count the aval as one. We're talking specifically about counting the aval as part of the minion for the special thing called the birchas HaSaveilm, which now the Gemara will launch into. So the Gemara says, saying that the mourner is not counted as part of the minion, He's talking about what's done in the street. So the Gemara tells us that, the, that, that we, still, we still have glimpses of this today, but the Gemara tells us in Moikan that the first meal that the mourner eats is meant to be eaten in the street. In other words, he's coming home from the cemetery, and instead of going directly home, the mourner stops in the street in a public square. And everybody brings out food to him. And the first meal is called the Sudha's Havra. He's eaten in the street together with everybody trying to be there for the mourner. And in that, in that context, there is a special bracha which is recited, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elkeinu Melech HaEloh, Mamash Hashem Bracha, Baruch Menachem That there's a bracha that Hashem created this concept of comforting mourners. So this is the primary bracha and it's a Mamash of bracha to make and that bracha needs a minion. And we're saying that bracha that is made in the street is only, there, is only true if there are 11 people. The the Avel and ten additional people. That's what we're referring to. Says the Gemara. Elah the merits were Rabbi Yochanan. Min barachos tochusan about sara kol shiva. Chasan a mina minion. Shem recited with ten people all seven days, and the chasan can count as a minion. Barachos a mina bar kol shiva. The mourner's blessing. You also need a minion for all seven days of avilos. Ve'en min a minyan, but the mourners are not counted. Barachos rechavak kol shiva miika. What do we mean all seven days? The way we're explaining it, it's that one meal that you stop in the street on the way home and you have the Suzus of there we make a bracha. Our explanation doesn't make sense that you have that for all seven days of mourning. That just doesn't make any sense. So what's going on? So our answer is they could be found. Meshka'a chatzla b'panam chadashos. You can find it if there are new faces. Meaning to say, in the same way we have a concept of panam of chadashos increasing the joy and warranting all the series of shavah brachos by a wedding, by a new couple, there's also a concept of panam chadashos for a mourner. If there are new people who show up at the Shiva who missed the Sudha Savra, they weren't there in the street. They weren't there to make the bracha. So then it, it, it like brings about more grief and more condolences It's the like new people to bring coming to the to the, to the the Shiva house. So then they will actually make a new bracha, which is a fascinating thing because really the, the circumstance of making it is the Sudha Savra, the mourner making it, the, making it in front of the mourner in the street. But now that a new guy shows up to the Shiva house, interesting thing, that's not really recreating that context. But there's still a din because of the that we still say a new paracha. Now the Gumar is going to launch into a long story where we're going to get a lot of different blessings and, and things that were said of people out of Shabbat. So let's go. Ki happened with was the teacher. He taught the kids of Reh He taught them in L'cheder. For Asimir Other people say he was the Mishnah teacher of Reh son. Shlach what happened was a child of Reh Chibar died the teacher's kid died. Rishlakish didn't come to the Shiva on the first day. The next day, Rishlakish told Yudha Bar Nachmini, who was his spokesperson, with him there. He told him, Amalai Rishlakesh said, Go get up and say something about this tragedy. Meaning, go, go try to say, uh, go, go try to say something stirring to the crowds. The spokesman got up and he said, He looked at a pasuk. And this is a pasuk in the, uh, in, uh, from the end of the Torah, it says that Hashem saw and he was provoked by the anger of his sons and his daughters. So he interpreted his father. There's a generations where the fathers are making Akhalesh angry. But Hashem, does. Hashem takes the anger at the sons and the daughters and makes them and they die when they're young. This is a very difficult concept. But he basically said to the guy, I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking. The like Gemara is going to say, he said to the guy in his own Shiva, like, it must be that you did something wrong and that's why God killed your son. That's basically what he said. The Gemara will say in a second what well, the response says. The Gemara: Other people say that the son was, it was an old. He wasn't like a young man. It wasn't a kid. He was an older, a little bit. this is what the spokesperson told her. According to a from Mishay, will not rejoice over the young man. He's not going to pity the orphans. They're all hypocritical. They're evil, and every mouth says nevola derogatory, bad type of speech. Bechol when there's bad type of speech, and the people suffered, lo his has not subsided, his hand is still outstretched. So what does this mean? what does it mean that Hashem's hand is still outstretched? very famous concept here. Everybody knows why a bride goes to a chuppah. Obviously, everybody knows what's going to happen and what the couple is prepared to do once they get married. Alakol van, anyone who's minnabel, his mouth, and he expressed himself, he says explicitly, you know, he says something about what the, about the new couple is going to do. Even if there was a favorable decree for 70 years that had been sealed for him, meaning the guy has tremendous the chusm, it can theoretically be reversed and put in evil instead. Really, really scary idea of no, other is that the whole lifetime of a person who may uh, be punishing a person for some obscene language that they said. And this is the concept of nivolpeh, like the Gemara is saying. You know, it's not, nivolpeh comes in different forms. It's not like, oh, you said a, a, a bad word. That's not so much the point in the concept of our Gemara. It's more the, the derogatory remark where a person is is, is, is stating the explicit um, with those negative connotations. So so that, that's when, anyways, this person said to, at the Shiva for this guy. He's like basically saying it must be that this guy had some sort of... Uh, had some sort of nibble peh, and that's why he died. So the Gemara, it's like astonishing that the person would say this at the Shiva house, right? So the Gemara asks this question. The Gemara says, He came, the purpose was to comfort the morning. He's upsetting him, right? He's saying that the, 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 the son either died for the parents or the son died for his own sins. I mean, who, who needs that at the Shiva house? So the Gemara says, This is what the spokesperson was telling, you're important enough to be taken for the sins of the generation. Meaning to say that there's a concept. This is a difficult, another difficult concept what we're learning about. Is that there's a time when there's a door that needs a punishment. That our Kaddish Baruch Hu sees the way the matzah, forget about the individual level, but the generation in general needs punishment. And the tzaddikim's punishment will atone for the, what the whole generation needs. And the Jewish people Always looked at it as a whole And that's some of, one of the reasons Why righteous suffer Is that sometimes The righteous represent The, the punishment on the collectively Towards the whole generation So what he was saying to him He's, he's not saying You personally sinned He's not saying Your son was, was, was definitely bad What he was saying Is that our, You must be a tzaddik It must be that You are that tzaddik That our Kallosh Baruch Was punishing For the general sins Of what's going on Here in the community Obviously still difficult But the Gemara has justified Why it was a sense of comfort Wouldn't try this At the next uh, At the next Sheva Says the Gemara, Malerich Shlakish said to the spokesperson, "Kume ima milso keneges shvach shal kolish All right, now that you comforted, why don't you get up and say something about God? So pasach for Amar, he said the bracha for a mourner. He said bracha tashamokinu malcholam, and then he said hakel agadol b'rov gadlo, the great. Hashem, who's so adir of a chazak, mighty and strong, so many awesome deeds, mechayim meisim b'mamero, he can resurrect the dead with his word. Oseglos and encheker, he does things that are beyond our comprehension. Minafloos and imisbar, numerous wonders. Baroch atah Hashem, mechayim So this was a bracha which was recited um, by the avelos. So I then said, "Come, milsaneget avelim." Now say something for the mourners. So he said a second bracha. He added more brachos, and these were general, you know, like brachos Shaba. He said. Our brothers who are in trouble and crushed. During this morning, pay attention. This occurs forever. What does it mean that this occurs forever? Um, it means that in, in, to a sense that everybody's eventually going to die. So that's always a, a subtle thing that we tell the mourners. Don't cry too much because death is still natural. It's the way from the six days of creation. Many have drunk from the cup of death. Many will drink. Meaning, this isn't the first death in the world. There's going to be future deaths. Our brothers should come for you. Says the Gemara, Abayi doesn't like the nusach. You should say many have drunk from the cup of death before. But you shouldn't say that many people will drink in the future. You should say many in the previous generation drank. You shouldn't say they drink of the later generations. Why is that? A person should never give Satan an opening, meaning don't speak about a future bad that's going to come. Don't open your mouth and say, oh, maybe God will or Satan will punish me. On Yosef, my crow. Where do we see this? It says that Hashem wouldn't leave us. Had Hashem not protected us, we may have been like Soma or Amora. My hadlelai. So, what does the prophet say? Oh, you're saying you're scared to become like Soma or Amora? Here, the word of Hashem, the chiefs of Sodom, meaning basically Hashem is going to punish you. So, by opening, by, by the, word, the people opening their mouth and saying, maybe we're like Sodom So then, our Kaddish Baruch who is is, is taking it out. Then on them says so the Gemara said to this bold person back here. Go say something good about the people who comfort the murders, the mourners So of Amar he said, my brothers do kindness and they're the children of people who do kindness because that's the ultimately that's the point of Nicha Mavelim. Nicha Mavelim. Is That's what it is, you're doing kindness towards the mornar. You uphold the covenant of Avram, right? That's exactly what Avram, Avram was a gomel chesed, and his children of Avram, we, we, we were his children, we're his children, that we continue that. Hashem made the covenant with Avram because he knew that the children of Avram would also be like him. Our brothers, Hashem, who has all the rewards, should pay you back. Baruch atah, ha so now I'm to his spokesman now bench this is the final bracha here deliver from sword, plague, all these things, and those are things that destroy the crops, bad, bad conditions for the crops, from all types of bad things that can come to the world, before we call God, you should answer, God who can contain, he holds back the plague, that was the last baracha davening for the um, welfare of the Jewish people. Amar Ula, now the just continues a little bit more practices at the morning, the rabbis instituted that there should be 10 cups, that drunk, uh, ten cups of wine which are drunk at the base of Ava. And really the Gemara in Irvin says that one of the main reasons why God created wine was to right? be The Gemara. Sometimes people are, are, are surprised because we know like you know, during the nine days you don't drink wine. But after the burial, once a person is already in mourning, actually that's one of the main reasons wine was created is to be menachem avelem. And eating meat as well. Eating meat and drinking wine is very much a recommended thing for the Avelim. So the Gemara says, originally they had like a rigid institution. It was a law. You got to drink 10 kotsos. called them Achila, three before a meal, to open, up, to open up the innards. That was the idea, to make sure that the person would eat well. Shlosh HaPazoch three while a person was eating, because they have to soak the food. But Arba Achila, four more after eating Echak and one corresponded to the first bracha of Benching the, the, the second one corresponds to the second, bracha of the third one corresponding to the third, bracha and the fourth cup of wine corresponds to the last benching of atova Then they added even four more cups. One was for the attendance of the town, like the I guess you could call those like the Gabon because they were they attended to the needs of the burial, so it's like out of respect. For them, they made a l'chaim. For the supporters of the town who paid, who paid for things. One for the Besamekdash. It's an interesting thing. We don't want to ever forget our morning of the Besamekdash. If we're mourning for that, we mourn for the temple. One for Rabbi Gamliel. The Gemara will explain why we're drinking for Rabbi Gamliel here. But after 14 cups of wine, people obviously began to get drunk. And that wasn't good. So they put it back to the original practice, meaning the system of only the, the 10 cups. However, other showed learned that it means even the 10 cups led to intoxications. So therefore, they said you should drink, but uh, that, 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 that a person should go drink, but not necessarily 10 cups of wine. But it's an interesting thing. It is good to be done. You know, I, I don't know why it is. I have no idea. Anyone have any idea why it is like that, that people don't observe this? It's, uh, it's very much recommended in the Gemara. Maybe the ten cups and the rigidity of it is not, but like you went to a shiva house and there was wine, everybody was drinking. You would be, you would, you would think it would be odd, but 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 Lamaise the Gemara considers it to be the right thing to do. It's more, it's more than it's, it's not frowned upon. It's the right thing, and it's the main of the, the one of the main reasons why wine was ever put into the brayah. Says the Gemara, what was the shot? One of the cups was for Ruv Gamliel. What does that mean? My Brahmin Gamliel. The Gemara says the Tanya says in price. So I saw Originally, the expenses of burying the deceased was even harder than the rel- on the relatives than the death, with a cost that was so high of burying him with such a fancy coffin and the shrouds and this and that. They were so expensive that literally people, it was, it was the financial burden was so heavy, and then more so than the death of the person itself. There was a point where people would just leave and completely, you know, just shirk their responsibility of burying their relative because of the cost who was wealthy, he was the Nasi, so he treated himself like he instructed before he died how his own corpse should be treated. But to pitched they took him out in plain linen garments, not fancy shrouds, no fancy stuff, no silk. And that's what happened. That the, the practice became that people started burying their dead in linen. So now we have this idea to re- commemorate to respect to Rabigam At every Shiva we drink a lachim to no Gamla, feel a Today people have the minog to dress even if it's just worth a zuz, like mamish nothing. Like meaning really, really small stuff. And that's the way we do it out of tribute to Rigam Gamliel. Fine, that's what we'll stop today. I just want to say an interesting story. I don't know if it matters much. A little bit of a joke. There's a mice with Khan Criesworth. It was an absolute bucky in The person who had a, like, Mama, was like uh, his memory was perfect, and um, and he used to quote gemaras right and left bal peh. So when he was once, you know, he was called up for shavuot brachos. So he asked for a sitter, you know, if to know what to say. So they said they they they, they, they said to him, you know, you know, you know, rabbi, it's in the gemara and How do, you, how, do you, how do you not know it? So he says, ah, it's a if it's a gemara, then I can say it by heart. And He said the brachos by heart. What's the takeaway of the story? Talk about it.